This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage? It's a strategic advantage, the power to act effectively, the power to persuade, because you have something that they need, that they want, at least that they think they need or that they think they want. And instead of having your hat in your hand and trying to convince them of your potential, you're actually rolling in there with a whole trailer full of reputation. That's what leverage is. That's why we called it the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. The genius that created that, that cooked that up, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And uh, Brent also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he actually, on a regular basis, connects you with the pro, so you can have a shot to learn, to up your game, and maybe even create a relationship. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound, and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves, and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing just hunky-dory. It's going yeah. to be frosty by the time this airs. I might be in China. Ooh, you know, that's right. And actually, I might be in a more tropical location. When this <laughs> Is it going to be happy. warm over there? Like, what's the... What's the yeah, what's in the, uh, the second city we're going to, Guangzhou, where everybody that adopts goes through Guangzhou. It's, it's more of a tropical, so we might be like 70s there. Ooh, nice. I'm not going to complain about at right. all. Yes. Are you so, taking all the kids with you? Heck no, we learned our lesson last time. <laughs> We're Smart splitting man. them up with the grandparents. There you go. <laughs> gotta keep it gotta keep the numbers manageable. We got like two over here, two over here, and a puppy. <laughs> well, yeah. right on. Well, um today we are gonna talk about how an unknown artist got four hundred strangers to a gig. That's sexy. Isn't that sexy? It is. It is. Ghost town strangers. We've touched on this before, but I'm going to dig down into the numbers and dig down into the strategies and dig down into the wake of the event and uh, try to get some people thinking in the right direction here. But um, listen, before we do that, let's uh, take care of a little business here. The Climb Podcast is proud to partner with Disc Makers, who have been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. And mm-hmm. now it's becoming like the, the thing, right? That's right. Uh, so 
when you're ready to make DVDs, CDs, vinyl, which is what we're doing for like the Lonely Highway Boys, or you want to distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com is the only place you need to go. That's right. And while you're there, you can click on the guides and resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and studio veterans. And also under the uh, guides and resources tab, you can also find the client podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com, or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. That's right. And uh, hey, if you haven't joined the climb community yet, please do, do so. Killer, do killer community. It's very active. Lots of people asking questions, giving shout outs, uh, sharing their music, connect, connecting mm-hmm. with co-writers, um, sharing uh, big wins. Like we've had mm-hmm. a couple, like did we just have somebody get a cut? And um, Yeah, I think we had some of that happening. We got some people releasing their first songs and, and just yeah. all kinds of good stuff climbing up that mountain. That's right. That's absolutely right. So we should uh, on Wednesday. That's right. And, and, Wednesday. I'm in new heights. <laughs> but listen, uh, just ask to be let in. Uh, we, we let everybody in and then uh, just be good boys and girls. We'll roadhouse you. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure all the Tuesday full episodes and the Friday mini-sodes come right down into your device in order. You can consume them whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating and review so that other people that are thinking about checking us out can be persuaded to give it a shot, to, to, to feel that the juice is worth the squeeze. That's right. And, and finally, the, the best compliment you can give Brent and I for all this work that we do here is to share it. Like, uh, you know, like tell people about it. Tell a friend, tell a fellow musician, tell a fellow songwriter. Um, put it on your social media. Let them know you learned something. And other people who respect you are going to maybe cop onto it. We can help them too, right? That's right. All right. So, I'm, I'm ready to hear about this. I know we've talked about it some on the podcast before. We've mentioned it here and there. Uh, but we're going to go deep this week. We have, right? we're, yeah, we're going to go deep into this. Um, so, here's the situation. We're working with an artist... Uh, who has since like graduated from Daredevil Production onto a, a big management contract? Mm-hmm. He got a boatload of money, and uh, you made and, him sexy. Yeah, and a touring schedule that's just nonstop. Like they're they're gonna wear that kid out, man. Mm-hmm. You know, nineteen years old. Uh, he was with us for, um, I guess, the better part of two years, mm-hmm. and we developed him uh, creatively. We developed him. Um, in the market for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is uh, Jacob Cade is the artist's name. We had um, creatively, I mean, first of all, kids like a knockdown drag out rock guitar God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even kidding. Like this kid doesn't hit a sour note, like in the leads, like it's insane. And then and he's playing like behind his head, show. right? Yeah, behind his head, he's running all over the place, jumping off of amps. Like he literally, there's this one iconic image that we have of him jumping off the head on a Marshall half stack. Mm-hmm. And then he does the, um, the, the, the Pete Townsend thing where he yeah. you know, tucks up his knees under his chest and everybody looks at that and just right off the bat, like it's a thumb stopper in Facebook is like, Whoa, wait, what? What the heck is that? Right. It's, it's it just looks like he's flying through the air. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, uh, we got him with Michael Wagner and produced a killer, uh, five song EP and then we went to work marketing it. Now, the whole time 
that we were developing him creatively, we were still marketing. We're still building up the socials, trying to grow that audience, trying to make it look like a party's going on mm-hmm. because nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd, right? That's right. Um, and the, uh, what happened here, we got, the, the, the story is, now he's from Denver, Colorado, and we mm-hmm. got the opportunity to do a one-off, which means like a one-show only thing down in Scottsdale, Arizona, at a club called mm-hmm. BLK Live, and I think... I've never been there, but I'm guessing the capacity of that club's probably maybe 800 to a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a you know decent sized club, yeah. and uh, they host a lot of national acts. They this particular offer we got was to open up for Dokken, which is an 80s band that sold about maybe six seven million records back in the day. A lot of a lot of their name was on a lot of black T-shirts back in the day. That's right, a lot of black T-shirts. Yeah. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, but here's the deal. Um, we had gone to radio with Jacob it, at the time that we got the software. I think he was in the top 40 for active rock radio, but Scottsdale was not one of our markets. We weren't getting spins there. So he's a not ghost. on the radio, not on the radio in Scottsdale. So they don't have any idea who this kid is. Yeah. Cause he hadn't played there before. Right. Never. That's right. Never played there. Hadn't done spun there. That's right. Then um, to add like sort of insult to injury, he's going to be opening for the opener. Right. So he's going to go on at eight o'clock Mm-hmm. And then the support act's going to go on after him, mm-hmm. and then the headliner. Right. So what, does, what does that tell you? Nobody's supposed to see his show. Nobody's going to be there, right? right. So they took the gig, um, and uh, I said, Let, "Let's let's try to let's try to take some of this content." And it, so there's several pieces of this puzzle that that came together to make it work. First and foremost was we needed content, but the right kind of content to, to promote. Okay. okay. So um, if you think about a lot of MTV videos or um, any music video from any artist, it's, it's, it's typically going to be like a story, kind of like a short little movie kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be a, a live performance kind of thing yeah. where, Sometimes there's like a live performance where they're actually at a live show, but mm-hmm. usually it's like, here's the stage set up, especially with the eighties bands, right? Like here's the stage set up. This is what we're going on tour with. And this is what you're going to see, but it's just all the band, right? Yeah. Doing there. There's actually not an audience there or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we, you know, we, as soon as we got the record done, we, we put them out on tour and I'm telling you, like, it sounds glamorous, but the first tour was really beneficial. Uh, he did like a 30 day run um, with a, a band you've never heard of, but they, you know, supposedly have an audience, right? Mm-hmm. But they really didn't. They, the, the numbers that were kind of promised to us were quite disappointing. I, I don't know if they were breaking new ground mm-hmm. on this tour and breaking into a bunch of new markets. Um, but, uh, you know, we were, we were thinking there's going to be 200 to 400 people at every show and there was like 30 people at every show. Yeah. And so it was kind of brutal uh, in that regard, but it, it was beneficial for the artist because, uh, it's the first time Jacob did it. Right. So now all of a sudden he's on the road with the band. He's got another gig to get to the next night. And mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. There's a, there's a transformation that happens when you can put that many shows together back to back and you become in your own mind, a real artist. Like it's not a dream yeah. anymore. You're it's doing not, it. Not as, yeah, we're actually doing this. This is yeah. crazy. I, I got nothing to do today, but get my ass together 
yeah. by tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then remember all the stuff I, I'm, I'm pissed off about myself last night for not doing the way I wanted to do it. And, and here's do another right. chance to go at it again. Right. Exactly. Another at bat, right. Another mm-hmm. opportunity. So um, now Jacob, Jacob's, you know, 18, uh, maybe early 19 at this time. And so his mom was out with him mm-hmm. and God bless her. I don't know how she did that, but, um, <laughs> but I told her, I said, look, you got to film everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, get some GoPros. They're inexpensive cameras, guys, They're like $200 cameras. And you can get just an amazing amount of memory and, and killer 1080p HD video quality uh, to use. I said, now I want you to film them. But don't film them like a mom would film them, like mm-hmm. where you're front row in the front of the seat, front front of the stage, and you're filming everything that he does. He's right. compelling to watch. Yes. Right? But mm-hmm. he is not um, – but who cares? That On digital, there has to be a social proof factor to it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, just go, side, go from the side of the stage on the shot and get – him doing his thing on sort of one half of the screen on the other half of the screen, hopefully mm-hmm. going to have a packed house of people freaking out over what he's doing. Right. And so that's you get the best of both worlds. He gets the social proof and the, the artist doing their thing. Exactly. Right. So this one little tweak sounds maybe painfully obvious to you, but a lot of people miss it. Right. A lot of people, this is something that's interesting because it's, there's something clearly happening on my video screen on my device. Like, wait, what is that? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a huge crowd there. There's a party going on. Yeah, that's right. So during this tour, um, actually we, we got a couple cool things in there, but most of the footage was bunk just because there wasn't an audience there. So I wouldn't use that because right. the audience was empty. Looks like no one shows up. All right. No one shows you now. Now you're proving that you don't have an audience, right? Visually. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to do that. So uh, we, he did radio tour because, as I mentioned, we did go to radio. And so he's going around all the different stations. And we got the opportunity to do a show in um, Spokane, Washington, where that was probably our best market, I think. That's where we were getting the most spins. Mm-hmm. So he had an opening show. I don't remember who the act was that he opened up for, but the place that he played was packed, mm-hmm. right? And we probably were responsible for maybe about 15 to 25% of the butts and seats because yeah. of the, the single and the, and the, and the amount of spins that we were getting in that market. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be completely different than another market where we weren't getting any spins. Right. It's but, um, yeah. so, uh, she did exactly what she was supposed to do from the Good side mom. of the stage killer. I mean, everybody's like pushed up to the stage in this club and we got some killer video of him doing his whole set that I could go in and cut up to create a promo video in front of a sea of faces. Mm-hmm. And then through a collective effort of, um, and by the way, it's amazing, Brent, how much momentum happens. Like, you know, movement creates momentum, right? Yeah. Like when he just starts doing stuff, he starts recording, he starts, you know, wanting to get out on tour. And all of a sudden we start running into like little serendipitous things. You know, we wanted yeah. to, we found, I found out from a guy that used to book shows for me in Los Angeles who called him and said, hey man, Steel Panther looking for an opening. They, they, they're not working with their opening band anymore. Steel Panther's like a huge 80s lampoon metal act for those of you who like a hair metal comedy show kind of a thing, but they're bigger than like Winger now, you know I mean? They're huge, right? They're international <laughs> band. They're, they're make a fortune doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um, they have the kind of audience that we want to get our artists in front of. And Mm -hmm. so uh, he's like, do you want me to see if we can try to get your boy Jacob opening up for them? And I'm like, absolutely. Oh my God. So, uh, so he sends a package. I sent him a a promo package to, uh, to, um, to him. And he sends it to the, to the, um, the manager's secretary. And then our promo, our PR guy also knew who managed them. And so we went in, we, we talked about the guy that does the booking for the band from this management company who actually all of a sudden the mom's like, wait, I know that name. I know that name. Why do I know this guy's name? She goes through her email. She's like, here it is. He's already seen Jacob because hmm. we did this opening show for winger. So I can't remember what it was, but he saw Jacob and emailed hmm. her, felt compelled to email her and say, wow, your son's amazing. Like, I just really enjoyed the show, whatever. And so yeah. now we've already got a connection there. He's already seen him. So we went through this back door and the side door before he went through the front door with the manager to try to mm. get the gig. We get the gig opening up for Steel Panther in Denver, which they sold out like the Fillmore, 3,500 seats. So cool. again, for, now I flew up for that show, but mom's side stage getting the shots that I wanted to get. I'm out in the audience getting the shots from the back of the audience, looking at the artist up on the mm-hmm. stage. Again, a sea of people, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the content guys that we put together. Now the plan was Facebook advertising, which is extremely powerful. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, extremely targeted. And I told the mom, so not now, extremely expensive. <laughs> And not extremely expensive. That's right. right. And so I said, you know, we're going down to Scottsdale. We're opening up for Doc and we got to be the, we got to go on eight o'clock. Nobody's going to be there. We're not getting any spins. Let's take this Facebook thing out for a walk and see if we got some content that's going to make a difference. Mm. So she granted me a $200 budget, not too much money. Right. Mm. Um, I took the footage from those two shows that I just described to you and cut up a one minute video where, you know, 15 seconds into the video, 25% of the video, a, 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 a slide shows up saying the name of the show, this is what's going on, come early, right? Mm-hmm. And the concept for the video was simply, I, I wasn't trying to sell tickets. The tickets were 60 bucks. Um, I was just trying to target as people the best I could mm-hmm. to, uh, that probably already bought a ticket to mm-hmm. go see the show and convince them, hey, look it. Like you already got the ticket, show right. up early. Like don't miss this kid, right? Yeah. This is, I mean, you, why, why not, you know? So um, we, we put the video together and it starts out with, uh, you know, hey, Scottsdale. So right off the bat, that's a thumb stopper. Like but it, relevant. It's, yeah, it's relevant and personal to people in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Now we targeted a 50 mile radius of the club, mm-hmm. which you can do on Facebook. We, tar- we created a custom audience where it was fans of Dokken, the band, mm-hmm. fans of the lead singer Don Dokken, because that was another category that I could tack on, mm-hmm. fans of, and I try to think of some different 80s bands. So we did Metallica, Poison, Guns N' Roses, Slash, and actually 80s hair bands is a, is a target that's built into Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to target people in a 50-mile radius that have shown interest in any one of those things, Okay. And we put together a video, a one-minute video, like I said, and uh, we paid $200 to push that out uh, mm-hmm. the week before the show. And um, we, the, the, the numbers that we got 
so the, the benchmark for Facebook advertising is uh, uh, one of the benchmarks is like, how much does it cost for a 10 second view? And for the most part, I think we, we clocked in about 2.6 cents for a 10 second view. Mm-hmm. So for a, um, for that money for 200, the exact spend was $202 and um, change. Hold on to, I'll give you the exact number. $202.37. There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1,054 people saw the video 25% of the way through, which got them to the cart, right? Got them to the Hey Scottsdale. Got, got them to the cart where it says BLK Live, opening up for Dawkin. Um, so they know, got to saw the Hey Scottsdale, and then they also saw the, like the, the show. Card. Exactly. So the, it okay. starts out with the, like the footage of him in front of one of those large audiences, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, Scottsdale. So don't that's right off the bat. Right mm-hmm. off the bat. And so, and then he's, we've got, now we didn't use the audio from the video. We just used the video, the imagery. Mm-hmm. And I put, I, I synced it to the single we got out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the killer track that Michael Wagner produced mm-hmm. with that visual going on. And then I'm, I'm, and I did this, by the way, I did this in iMovie, right? This is, I didn't use sophisticated software. Um, and, and just, hey, Scottsdale. And I'm going to put a link, by the way, in the show notes here so you guys can click to a page and you can actually see the video that we used. Um, but you, you can check it out. It's like super cool. But it's like, hey, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got docking tickets, come early. And you see the kid, there's some really incredible images that we have of him, including that one iconic image I told you about where it yeah. just looks really incredible. And <clears throat> one of the things I did for, again, I'm thinking from a perspective of, um, of you know, what's in it for them, right? Like why mm-hmm. would they care about this? They don't know him. So right. what's going to make them interested? So uh, – Again, the live shots with the crowd freaking out over him, number one. Mm-hmm. And then before the Steel Panther show, I told you I went to that show in Scottsdale, I went outside and before the doors open and there's a line of people like down two blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Like 3,000 people ready to get into the show. Yeah. And I just took a camera. I, I did it on my iPhone and I just slowly walked past everybody recording. And it was yeah. like a two minute video. It took me like you know, 90 seconds to 120 seconds to get to the end of the line. Yeah. And now you do that and you speed it up, mm-hmm. you know, and you fast motion in your, in your, uh, in your video thing. It looks really freaking cool, man. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, look at all these freaking people. Like they don't know that they're, they're to see steel Panther. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and they didn't know that they were there to see the people standing in line. Didn't know they were there to see Jacob too. They're right, about to yeah. get their minds blown. Right. So yeah. uh, lion, but you know, right. they're in line at his show. But yeah. so we spent this money, we put that video together and you want to try to create a thumb stopper. You want to, because think about how you consume Facebook on your device. You're just zip, 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 mm-hmm. zip with your finger. And then, oh, what's that? And then you go back. Hey, Scottsdale, what, that's me. You know, yeah. you click on it. And then keep in mind, like, it's only going to be in your feed if you're a fan of Doc and if you're a fan of Don Doc and if you're in a 50 mile radius of the club. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, so we've got. Um, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Let's see. So 2020 000... people saw the video for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, 1,054 people saw it 25% of the way through. 490 people saw it 50% of the way through. 262 people saw it 75% of the way through. And 155 people saw it completely through. So we go and we do the show and 400 people show up to see this kid play. So more people than even saw the video all the way through because only 155 people saw it all the way through, but 400 people showed up. That's right. Or, but 400 people showed up. What the hey? Crazy, right? Now, maybe they told, maybe they had a bunch of friends that were coming with them. You know, I mean, how many, how many is it, you know, is it, was it 155 people who just bought a ticket for themselves? (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're only planning on going alone, like 155 loners, or is there probably a bunch of people, you know, that they're going with or a buddy at least. Mm-hmm. right uh yeah. that, that you're going to go see the show with so uh and then you know word spreads and this is what happens so so that was uh, even more bang for your buck exactly and yeah. um so here's what happens so we, first of all they're they're prepared they've got merch they set up a merch table mm-hmm. jacob is on the stage and uh knows exactly what to say right like mm-hmm. before the last song hey i'm jacob k thanks for hanging out if you want to get to know me I'd love to get to know you and be right over there by that table. Come over and say hello, you know? Mm-hmm. And but the, that, the way he serves that up is very, it feels like it's their decision. Yeah. But he's planting the seed, right? Yeah. Selling it from the stage. And of course, he does his thing and blows everybody's mind, right? Mm-hmm. And he's bombarded over at the merch table. They sell $200 worth of merch, which completely pays. There goes your investment right back. Yeah, I'll, I'll set the ad by, right? Yeah. And then afterwards, the club owner comes out and he's mm-hmm. freaking out. Like you, and he knows exactly his, what's going on, right? He's no dummy. Yeah. He knows the traffic habits of his crowd. Mm-hmm. So he's impressed that 400 people showed up at eight o'clock. Yeah. And he also knows that kid's never been to Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how did you do that? Like, what is going on here? You know, I want to know and offer him a gig to come back like later that summer, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. Heck yeah. Now I heard that story like immediately after the show, I got a text or something. I can't remember how I found out about it, but um, I was like, wow. Okay. Mission accomplished. Like heck we yeah. did our job, but 
then the PR guy who is the one with the connection to dock in um, and set up the gig gets a call from the manager, from the headliner's manager, from Dawkins' manager. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you want the rest of the tour? <laughs> because now why did he do that? Mm. Well, I'm sure it's based purely on artistic merit and not anything. Because <laughs> he thought he was amazing, right? Yeah. Just be, he's just a pure fan. I'm sure it had nothing to do with somehow going to affect their own bottom line in a positive way as far as they're concerned. But go ahead. You, you correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, 400 people show up to see your opener's opener, and they're thinking he's got – there's he's something happening. He's putting butts in seats. Yeah, I'll bet you they fans took, that are showing up to see him because people don't show up that early. That's right. And then what, what's the first thing they're probably going to do is like, who's this kid, Jacob K? They're going to go check him out on social media, right? Yeah. And I think at that time we might have had like nine or 10,000 followers for him because mm-hmm. we had been at just grinding day by day by day, getting as many followers as we could, you know, following mm-hmm. people. They're following us back. We're just grinding away to try to build that audience, putting up cool content that's not just about the artists. It's relevant and personal to them. And it all comes together. And so they literally thought we put butts in seats. Now, I can't imagine that we sold $60 tickets for that. Maybe we sold a couple, but it wasn't 400 Right, yeah. yeah. We just got people who come out early, but they don't know that. Yeah. They can't comprehend that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's most, not the way it works. It's not, not the way not it works. the way it has traditionally worked. So think about the benefits of that, right? Being, being able to, so first of all, we couldn't take the dates on the tour because, um, you know, reality of the music world, they were fly dates. So hmm. as the opener, that becomes really cost prohibitive to yeah. have to jet from one part of the country to the other part of the country for one show, right? When yeah. you're not getting paid for that. So that wasn't going to work. It, we would have taken it. That's a good problem to have. Yes, that's right. To go, we would have taken it if it was a docking tour. Right? Like, I'm, or, or even done a bunch of shows, like if they were more like on a run, right? Like yeah. up, up a couple states or whatever. We could have done that. But um, so we just couldn't, we, we, we didn't do that. But he got the invite and we didn't have to pay to get on that tour. Yeah. Right? Like all of a sudden we got the invite now to go out because they think we're helping them. Heck yeah. And, and that's the way they don't like you got to understand this is the advantage that you have right now. If you're listening to my voice is the more that you play around with this and flirt and try to try to get something happening for yourself in this realm that, that you can't imagine how easy it is to get some opportunities like this because mm-hmm. most of the industry loves to talk about how it's all about social media, but look at the feeds, even from the major label artists, mm-hmm. they don't understand the digital platform at all. Right. Right. It doesn't like, it doesn't look, it looks like the obnoxious friend, you person you met at a party who just can't stop talking about themselves. Like every post, look at me, 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 look at me. There's nothing for me unless you're personal and relevant to me because I know you're famous. Mm -hmm. There's nothing for me to be. There's no reason for me to be here. Right. If I'm already a huge fan, I do want to know what you're up to every minute of the day. Right. That's relevant, but that's not going to get me into fandom. Right. And so we need to get into growth and that's, you know, that's a good content strategy. So all this work sort of comes together on this one thing. But, uh, you know, I was telling Rick Barker about this, who's Taylor Swift's former manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, Johnny, he said, we had, and this is a mind blow, but he's like, we had a platinum record on Taylor Swift on her first record. We, were, we went platinum before she ever went top 40 on the radio. Wow. 
And that was astounding, right? Because yeah, normally it's the other way around. The radio pushes the record sales mm-hmm. because people hear it. And consequently, if you remember the, the, the story of, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, of, of, um, uh, of Taylor Swift, in order to be on the CMAs, guys, what's the CMAs designed to do? Give you what you already know, probably. Give well, why you the, does the, the show negative. exist for the network? Ratings. Right. And ratings mean? People are watching. And I mean, that means money, ad, ad revenue. Ad money, right? Yeah. yeah. It's designed to sell ads. So yeah. they're not there to promote country music. No. They're there to sell ads. And by the way, that, not for nothing, that's the Oscars. That's the Grammys. Mm-hmm. That's the American Music Awards. That's the Golden Globes. They are designed to sell ad space. Right. They wouldn't money. air. You can still hold it, but we're not bringing cameras unless something's in it for us. That's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so you can't get on the CMAs. I don't care how good you are. You're not going to get on there on, on a feature thing unless mm-hmm. uh, you've got enough certain amount of records sold, right? Unless mm-hmm. you're you're a certain amount of popularity. And T- Taylor had just glazed over the minimum requirement mm-hmm. yeah. to, to get on there, right? So um, she, and then that's, you know, that was a pivotal moment for her because mm-hmm. of the, um, the Tim McGraw thing. Like, I, I think, you know, uh, if, if you know the story, she, they told her she wouldn't be able to perform in the CMAs with her band. That was her dream, okay? She's mm-hmm. like, what, 15 at this time, I think. 15 years old or 16. Um, I that, yeah. And uh, they get to the show and Taylor's in the hotel. Rick's at the, the show mm-hmm. and the producer, show producer says, you're cut. She was at the bottom of the totem pole. They're like, yeah. you're cut. We're, we're running long. We got enough performances. Sorry. Thanks. Maybe next year. Yeah. And it's like, what? You got to be kidding me. What the hell am I going to tell her? Like, she's going to stab me. You know, like <laughs> I've been telling her what she needs to do all year long. And she's been doing exactly what I told her to do. And this mm-hmm. is what we wanted to come for. And now, you know, and the producer's like, look, I'm sorry. And got snappy with them and said, I don't need any more performances. I need a moment. Mm-hmm. And Rick's like, I got your moment. So he has to go back and tell Taylor, you know, hey, you're not going to play. She has a meltdown, of course. And right, this yeah. is so, right. I mean, mm-hmm. She busted her butt, and uh, now that's when the whole Tim McGraw singing Tim McGraw to Tim McGraw thing happened, mm-hmm. which made her a star that night because yeah. that's all anybody was talking about the next day on the water coolers. Yeah. But how did she get there? She had to sell a certain amount of records. How did she sell a certain amount of records if she wasn't top 40 on the radio, right? Those. So same kind of a thing. They didn't do it with Facebook advertising. What she did was spend a bunch of time with one of our former guest interviews on the podcast, Tom Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Tom, when he was done with her, her merch sales went up 600%. Mm-hmm. So because of the relationships that Bruschetta has, and he gets a couple favors called in at the dawn of her career. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Brad Paisley. Mm-hmm. So take her out. So whatever, they agree to a small run. Okay? Okay. And then she goes out. But because she's doing so well from the stage. Selling merch, you mean? Selling merch. She sells merch. Uh, they were doing $12,500 a night of merch. Nice. So I don't, if you talk to Rick, I don't think he thinks that they were putting that many butts in seats as Taylor Swift. Her brand mm-hmm. wasn't that big yet, right? Yeah. So they were selling Brad Paisley's people. Taylor Swift merchandise. Taylor Swift merchandise. If they weren't bringing in Taylor Swift fans. They were creating them at the exactly. show. Exactly. And there's the key. 
But because of the merch sales, the management scratching their head going, she must be putting butts in seats. She must be bringing all these people in. So you know what? You want to stay on the tour longer? (laughs) And that's what, so she got runs. Like Rick will tell you, like we got way more dates opening Mm -hmm. for big artists like that than we ever should have gotten where we were, even though we were a major label act, where we were in that, Oh, technically she was indie, but you know, still made whatever. Yeah. But, but I, you know, but still we got way more love than we should have gotten because of the merch sales. Mm-hmm. And that's what to them, that meant she was putting butts in seats. So she got a lot more love, got in front of a lot more people. The art and the artist got in front of more eyeballs. She sold the records and bada boom, bada bang. Then she's on the CMAs that launched her into stardom and the rest is history. But it's, you can do the same thing through Facebook. She was creating leverage. In the music business, Johnny. We should start a podcast. We I should. Just, we could I, dude, I tell just stories it. like this. Yeah. And help people. People would want to know. Nah. <laughs> now, yeah. um, just so you don't think this is a fluke, um, I mean, this is one that I know I have the numbers on because um, it was just such a weird situation where, number one, it was a ghost town, and number two, the, uh, he was in front of the opener, and mm-hmm. so it was stark. It was apparent they were there to see him, right? They weren't. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but he, he got the opportunity to do a Planet Axe tour, which is like three sort of gunslingers uh, that are independent. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think um, Alice Cooper's guitar player has got his own project and um, like another dude, like two other guys. I, honestly, I didn't even know who they were, but they're mm-hmm. great guitar players. And yeah. so they're sort of like, it's sort of like a G3 thing, but for the clubs, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Jacob got to be the opening for that like so he's again first act and we did four dates and i want to say this because it doesn't come without setbacks right Mm -hmm. we did it three more times in a row in moline some other town in illinois uh, like like boom 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 in the midwest des moines i think and then menasha wisconsin total bust right and so people were lining up to see jacob k they were getting so the first three shows were Good? Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Like, I didn't have, because every single artist on that tour wasn't like an opener. They were like all featured as part of the tour. That's why it's kind of skewed. Like, I don't know exactly how many people showed up to see him, but I would call him after every show and I'm like, how'd it go? He's like, dude, people are coming up to me. We're selling merch. They want to know my name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, these are smaller shows too. So these are, these clubs are like maybe 250 seaters mm-hmm. as opposed to docking, which is like a thousand, you know, at yeah. the OK live. So, uh, the merch sales weren't 200 bucks, but he's selling 50 bucks in merch a night, you know, mm-hmm. at these little, these little clubs and people knew who he was yeah. and even before he would go on. So again, we're taking advantage of, you know, branding, getting inside the, the mind of the consumer that's pro, you know, targeting that consumer that's and, and doing it digitally and doing it for just a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you're able to go, so why aren't you doing this in your hometown? Right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing this in your hometown? Why aren't you taking the love that you have of your normal audience and trying to expand on that? And, uh, you know, taking a 50-mile radius of your hometown. If, you know, if you have the opportunity to get that one lucky gig where you're opening mm-hmm. for somebody, man, get the footage. Right? Man, that's what I was going to say is that it wasn't like Jacob had been on tour opening for all these people get, have in front of all these big crowds that you could just take these photos. He had like two. Right. He's been on the road getting his chops up. He knows what he's doing. He puts on a good show. But then there were only really two shows that were really filmable. 
Yeah, that you got all that promo stuff from two shows. Out of probably 35 or 40 shows. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you don't need to string a bunch of these together. You get one or two. Get one or two. Man, if you, the right people. Have it. all hands on deck, right? Like, okay, everybody, if you love me, if you love me as an artist and you believe in me, you will make space on your phone right now. You're there, you're there, and you're over here and, mm-hmm. and film the whole show, right? Yeah. And then, and then get that footage and keep it in your computer and be able to put it together and, and do something with it. Now, the happy ending is the company that promoted the, the Planet Axe tour that worked with all those guitar players mm-hmm. is the one that came and paid Jacob a bunch of money to, oh. uh, to, to come over to them. And, and mm-hmm. uh, that eliminated, that ended our relationship like in, our, in the best way possible, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, they, they handle all their own social media. They're self-contained. They're not going to go outside for that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he got like a chunk of change and, and, and endless tour dates now because why? Like out of 40 dates that he did, right? Mm-hmm. That he paid for. But because what we were doing on those three dates, like they saw it, it didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. You know, there was a guy from that company on those dates mm-hmm. there managing the, you know, there's somebody watching the mice, right? The cat's there watching the mice. Like, <laughs> yeah. you never know what's going to happen in a rock and roll show. But that turned into the next step up the ladder for him. Mm-hmm. And this is only four shows that were freaking marketed on Facebook advertising. Yeah. I mean, what? Come on. You know? <laughs> like, so... If you don't have the packed shows, if you haven't, you know, if you don't get that opportunity, go get it, right? Like mm-hmm. when, we, when we first started working with Jacob, one of the first things I did was he, he had a pretty, I mean, what you would consider a halfway decent following in Denver. I mean, uh, probably about 200 people mm-hmm. regularly go out and see him, but they were playing too much, you know? Yeah. And it was just for him. And so we just, but what did he have from that? Instead of what we don't have, what do we have? We have relationships with the club owners. Mm-hmm. And which one of these clubs does national acts? Oh, these, these three clubs here that we play, they do national acts. Okay, mm-hmm. so I call them. Hey, we're going to stop booking them here. But I want to, like, you know Jacob? We love Jacob. He's great. Yeah, okay. Can you help us out? Like, get, if there's a support act needed for a national act, put them on. Yeah. You know, and so we did that. And over the course of the next year, it changed the mind of the consumer because all they only saw it was just associating him with a national act. Yeah. You know what I mean? And He's sometimes was a better class, a loser. Yeah, that's right. That's the deal, right? It's just perception of it all. And, right. and of course, typically this didn't always happen, but I mean, generally speaking, it's going to get better lights, better sound, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be, a, a, you know, it's going to be some, some stuff happening there. So guys, this is stuff hey, that you can I, do. I do have a question though, before we get into that, you mentioned that fourth show where yeah. things went sideways. Is there a lesson so, there or is a lesson there that just, Hey, sometimes crap happens. Yeah. So here's, so on the fourth show, like nothing, there's like 20 <laughs> people showed up. I mean, it was ghost town. Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I, who knows why mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know why I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if we were competing against something. Um, it was definitely an odd venue. It was like some kind of Mexican restaurant or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> It okay. had like a stage. And so it could have been like a, a, a bad choice of venue uh, that yeah. nobody just in that market would think this is where we're going to go see a rock and roll show. Um, so it didn't right. work for them. But we did all the same marketing that we did for Jacob. I know that the, the management company did all the same marketing that they did for the rest of the tour, but nothing happened that night. So, huh. the, so sometimes, hey, you got to be willing to do this a, a number of different times to try to get your 
traction on it, guys. Yeah. You know, you, you might have, you might hit an anomaly. You might hit something that just doesn't fly, right? That just isn't working right. Um, and if that happens to be on your first show, don't quit. That's the point. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, after, after 10 shows of doing that, you're going to find out, uh, you know, if you're 10 losers in a row, you got to change something like your content's not good. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're not targeting very well. But um, man, what a powerful tool and what an inexpensive way to do that. And, and if, you, if you're smart and you do it in your marketplace and you don't oversaturate the marketplace, mm -hmm. okay, then you can build up your money. Man, okay, I'm just thinking here. I know we're going long, but okay, so we're talking four shows you spent that ad buy. I don't know how much you spent, maybe 200 grand. bucks a show, 200 bucks a show. So 800 bucks. Yeah. And it got him upstreamed to someone who's got him on the road all the time. Yeah. Well, Johnny, what if I just spend that 800 bucks on a music video yeah, right. or on radio tour and I'm like, recording wow, a new song, I'm going to do radio promotion <laughs> or my new song. Yeah. Well, and then I'll get upstreamed and have shows out the wazoo. I mean, you talk about the amazing bang for the buck. One, Jacob, awesome artist. Yeah, killer. He's, he's got the goods, right? Yeah. If you suck, this is, sorry, <laughs> limited, you know. Yeah, limited. We're, we're, we're talking to the people here who are, are competitive. Right, and, and compelling. Okay. Yeah. So, and he is. I mean, you talk about that. What an incredible return on that investment. Of course, you already made it back yeah. like in merch most of the time anyway. <laughs> you know, so you really didn't spend yeah. You know, I, that's just amazing, yeah. the bang for the buck for that. And, and, and so effort, time, and money put towards marketing, not, oh, well, this song didn't work. Nobody heard about it. Let's, let's record another one. Mm -hmm. And nobody can hear that too. You know, right, yeah. like you, you've got to get it out there. So, for, you know, for those of you who want to, I mean, this is just a real grassroots way that we were able to create some momentum. It didn't take a million dollars. You know, right. it, this is totally doable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could sell a guitar and come mm -hmm. up with enough marketing money to take a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, scary, but, you know, uh, figure that out. You know, learn how to do that. I'm not talking about boosting. I'm talking about going into Facebook ad and the business uh, in the back end of the business there in the Facebook ads and, mm. and, and setting it up that way, but go back and play around with it. Go see what happens. You can spend $10 and, and try something. It could be anything, just play with it, learn it and, and use it for yourself. But anyway, that's, um, that's all I have to say about that guys. Um, I have a, a killer download uh, for if it's called the 21 biggest marketing mistakes that indie artists make. And that's at giftfromjohnny.com, uh, G-I-F-T-F-O-R-J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Just uh, go there, tell me where to send it. And um, also, if you know, this is the kind of stuff that we cook up for our artists, this gets our artists noticed. It's uh, the, the, the stuff that, you know, some of the stuff we've cooked up, we've, we've created over 20 opportunities for uh through making our artists discoverable, we've created over 20 opportunities for national television shows, three of which got on there. Mm -hmm. We've just closed the deal on a $250,000 investor because of the work that we did with one of our artists. So Ooh. investors come with that when mm -hmm. you're focusing on the marketing. It's not going to be the art, you know, like, like make sure the art is good, make sure it's competitive, yeah. but then at some point you've got to sell it, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, Hey, if we can help you with this, 
give us a call. You know, it, reach out at info at daredevilproduction.com and uh, set up a consultation. I mean, I can kind of work with you on some different strategies that you can do. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, if you're a compelling artist and you've got a little bit of a budget, if we can work together, it'd be great too. We'd love to, you know, we're always looking for new artists and to expand our horizons and get somebody to play in the sandbox with us because it makes us look better, you know? Heck yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get all your episodes. Join the Climb community. If you haven't done so on Facebook already, just search for Climb community. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Uh, leave a five-star rating and review, pretty please. And finally, share it. Tell somebody about it. If you're learning something here, if you're getting creative, if it's helping you, then uh, spread the word around so we can help some other people too. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.